Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Rachel Amaday here, and I'm thrilled to be back bringing you another podcast. One thing I haven't really been talking about is the name of this podcast and kind of the name of this project that I've put together. And I've named it the exercises. I probably will adjust that to be the spiritual exercises or biblical exercises, but I wanted to call it that because it is an exercise of our mind and heart to go back through scripture and maybe question some of our previous assumptions about what we're seeing, what we're reading, and also to really dig in and figure out what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Christ? And what is the Bible actually telling us from a cultural, a contextual, a uh, linguistic standpoint, what is it actually saying? And have we properly been interpreting it or have we, um, as Yeshua put it, have we been abolishing the Torah? Have we not been interpreting the Bible correctly? So my goal is to exercise our minds, to ask better questions. And so that's kind of the name of this podcast. Today, we are talking about something that actually incorporates some physical exercise um, and how we treat our bodies, body health. Does this matter in the Bible? And what's interesting is a lot of the discussion on sin in scripture, um, or in the church, I should say, historically, has been around sexual immorality, you know, maybe addiction to drugs at times, um, all sorts of things. But it has not been clearly about a few issues that do come up in Scripture that I do believe God also wants us to be able to focus on. And the concept comes from this idea that our body is a temple. The Bible tells us that, that, you know, the temple service and what was going on with the Levitical priesthood hasn't necessarily changed. It's just the location of the things and it's who are doing those things that has changed. Who is bringing an offering? Where is it being brought? Who is our final sacrifice? Those things. And so we can learn a lot from understanding the temple, but also from going back and looking at the Torah, looking at the laws of God and seeing where the restrictions are around how we treat our bodies. And there are many because everything about your soul, right, comes out through how you use your body. And so this is becoming more and more important as I look at obedience in America and what it really means to be a priest of our own hearts and be careful and not careless with the temple that God has given us. Listen, some of this stuff that I'm going to talk about today, a lot of you Christian, you know, people who've been in regular Christian churches for a long time, you're going to maybe have some moments where you bristle a little bit. Or for some of you who are maybe in more liberal congregations, you may have some moments where you bristle a little bit. That's okay, right? We all have opportunities to offend each other, <laughs> but I'm going to ask that you take this opportunity instead of being offended, maybe see if what I'm saying makes some sense, maybe ask some better questions, go to scripture and see what you find there. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about food. And, you know, one thing that we have to understand from the language of scripture that has been misunderstood a long time is the food laws in the Old Testament, what they're actually saying. They're not telling you that there are foods that you are prohibited from eating. That's not what it says. They are telling you what things are and are not food, according to God. It makes a huge difference to understand what those rules are actually saying. They are not saying that pork is food that you can't have. They are saying pork is not food for humans according to God. Okay, that standard 
didn't change in the New Testament. There's no place where you can find that it did. Um, so when Jesus says, you know, do not worry about what food you put in your body or do not worry about what you eat, he's assuming that you understand that there are some things that are not food. Uh, bleach is not food, right? Like we would not drink bleach and consider that good. Like, so Jesus isn't saying you can put anything into your body and it's fine now. Obviously, he's saying food according to the things that God has said are food. But why is this important in our culture today? Um, and why are there's other body issues going on? There's gender issues. There's all sorts of bodily issues going on in our culture today. And we need to carefully analyze scripture for what it's telling us about how to treat our bodies. Um, we also, in this culture, we have access to so much food and, and so much stuff that we can find ourselves overdoing it, even on things that are good, right? Even on good food, we can find that we take ourselves to a place where we're not caring for our temple. And this actually, I believe, does matter because God has work for you to do. And the last thing we all want is for our diets to get in the way of the work that God has for us to do. So let's dig a little deeper. There's so much more to talk about than just food in this podcast. And so I hope you aren't just totally turned off by what we're what I'm saying with food, because right? there's a lot more in here that I know many of you are going to be inspired by and also just agree with and maybe have some better tools when you go out to others to talk about these issues. So let's go ahead and dig into this. It seems impossible to me that any other culture in all of history has ever been quite as focused on outward appearance and body issues as America. I mean, you guys get that, right? If, if We all know what people are looking at all the time online and in the famous people that we, we love to watch or, you know, we at least are fully aware in America, body stuff kind of reigns, right? While yes, previous societies had women removing ribs and mutilating feet for the desired cultural outcomes, going under the knife and inserting foreign objects, even surgically becoming animal-like. I don't know if you guys have seen this, these furries, people who now identify as animals, and they're doing all sorts of strange things to promote um, and act their animal identity, which is just insane. Um, this has never been done with more precision that I've seen from historical documentation. We are doing this in an outrageous way in American society. And while most people are kind of running after that thin, curvy, younger appearance. Everybody's searching for youth, right? The opposite body obsession is also occurring. A demand that culture approves of obesity and mutilation with all the positivity of true health. The definition of healthcare has shifted at some point to mean anything and everything that a patient wants, whether actually healthy or not, whether it is the idea that abortion is good for women or that becoming a furry will grant someone soul-level contentment. Something's definitely happened in America with our bodies, and it's decidedly defining our very selves and our culture. Those who advance notions of anything goes regarding physical body shifts in less than traditional directions they seem to want two sides of a coin that honestly cannot in reality coexist. On the one side, eternity and soul and God don't exist, and so one should be free to do whatever they want with their physical bodies. This is the pursuit of happiness solely founded in happiness with one's physical stature, one's physical position. 
On the other side of that coin is the idea that a person can be stuck in the wrong body. There's a heart or a soul or, I mean, these people think there's something there, right? That's out of alignment and it must be fixed. Even if the fixing requires mutilation of natural and perfectly functioning parts of a human body. One view requires a dismissal of the soul of humanity. One requires acceptance that something inside that defines us must exist. One is completely atheistic and one is Gnostic in its approach, teaching a duality of the human being, teaching secret knowledge that only that human being can have. Both deny the cohesive balance of acceptance of the entirety of the human body, soul, and mind. That cohesiveness of the human is completely denied by these movements that are willing to mutilate and destroy a human body to somehow satiate a soul-level need. Neither of these views stands up with integrity to real scrutiny. The vast treasures of psychological analysis and historical observation tell us that the body affects the mind, and I would advocate soul of the human with incredible pungency and vice versa. The inner man and physical man are interconnected. You cannot, at least in the long term, live outside of your body while on earth, okay? You're stuck with this thing. This is your body, and what you do with it really affects your heart and your mind and your spirit. You belong to it, and it belongs to you. In fact, it is you. It's a a real part of your existence through which you experience life and through which you give and make known your existence in the tangible realms. So what happens to the mind when body parts that came with your birth are mutilated or obliterated? What has happened to the mind that believes it's an animal? It's completely degraded, lacking the power and the dignity of human existence. What happens to a rape victim or the abused? You know, their bodies are not separate from their souls. You are mentally damaged. You are spiritually harmed when you are abused in those ways, right? But it's just a physical act. So how is this possible? It's possible because you are an integrated human. What happens when the brain is bombarded with sugar and so-called foods that are actually not food and they're just fillers? What happens when we take in too many plastics, too many chemicals, too many hits to our immune system? Why can these things cause both depression and hyperactivity alongside cancers and autoimmune diseases? It's because we're integrated. Our immune systems are integrated into our brains. In the 2018 incredible discovery that was published in Science Magazine, researchers found that the immune system, long thought to operate separately from the brain, is actually actively connected to brain activity. Hence, immune disruptions drastically affect mood and possibly other shifts in brain activity. This is just one discovery of how the spirit of man is affected by the physical situation in which we find ourselves. And this pattern is really difficult to break out of. Okay, this is just how we are. We can't help it. It's how we were created. Or how about the famous study that showed that mice in healthy social environments, so, you know, happy mice, right? Happy rats and mice, won't drink from water laced with cocaine. They will choose healthy water if they're in that environment and given the choice between healthy water and cocaine water, they're gonna choose healthy water. However, mice in environments that are unhealthy for them will readily drink and become addicted to the cocaine water. They won't choose the healthy water. 
Okay, we are so affected by the state of our minds and our experiences. And we make choices out of those places that affect both our bodies and our souls. Do mice have souls? I mean, you know, that's the big question. Are, are, is their soul being affected in this? Well, I don't know. I, maybe not, right? I'd argue likely not. But we find that even in animals, environment plays a gigantic role in happiness. If we were all truly dualistic entities, it would be far easier for drug addicts to get free or for rape victims to heal and for food addicts to put down the fork. If you could just separate from your body like that, you would stop being so connected to it and there wouldn't be that soul level need to attempt satiation through it. Yet it is our experiences and environments and our emotions and our spirits that speak into these physical challenges and make it that much more difficult to manage our bodies. Guys, this is part of why obedience to the Lord is important because obedience keeps you out of those things that damage your soul. You know, you get out of those traps, those physical traps that wreck and destroy your soul and your spirit and your testimony. And this is very founded biblically. You can find this through all of scripture, right? What you do with your body absolutely matters. It is from an outpouring of pain or lack of answers that people decide to make an unlimited number of decisions about mutilations or addiction to well-working physiques. People looking for an answer to their soul cravings often attempt to satiate the need with a physical change, but it's never enough. And you'll notice this with people and with addicts and with people who are constantly trying to change their body to fulfill a soul level craving, that it's never enough. It's never satisfying. So I've introduced my concept today with this dire state that I think our society is in a body acceptance and rejection. We are in the opposite, I would say, of body acceptance at this point in America. We have degraded to complete body rejection. At some level, we, even believers, do not understand what the Bible has to say about our bodies and the care we should take with what scripture calls a temple for the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced that when Satan saw that God had made Adam and Eve in the image of God, Satan desired for some of that glory to be stolen. And in the fall, it absolutely was. As Douglas Hamp teaches, it's easy to see that humanity was supposed to have a glow of our own. We are fire. We're supposed to be fire like our Heavenly Father is fire. I think this is why the Bible talks about light so much and how we're supposed to be the light. We can now only have a spiritual glow with the help of Yeshua. Most of us aren't walking around with our own physical glow. But even in our bodies, God's story of redemption plays out. And I detail this in my book in the section called The Real Jesus. At the end of that particular essay or chapter, I discuss the DNA and RNA relationship of God the Father and the Son that we find in Scripture and how the health of these two has everything needed to build the body of Christ. Yes, we are called a body for a reason. We are built and are supposed to operate the exact same way a healthy body operates. A healthy body, one not missing the parts that God intended for it to have, one that accepts God's master plan for it, one that allows God to flip genetic switches and break us free from enslavement to sin, one that affects our bodily position in the world, where once we used our bodies for sin, allowing the world to improperly fill needs and desires, we are now to use our bodies for the glory of God and the good of his kingdom, allowing his spirit to properly fill our every need. We would have more of a care of our bodies if we had more of a care for studying the first five books of scripture. I am convinced that they are a key to this. In those, we see dictates about what is food according to God and what is not, which I spoke about earlier. We're introduced to the idea that God did not intend for us to run around the planet, stuffing our faces with whatever we want. 
Some things are food for animals, but not food for us. And we would also find the stories of Molech, that God that many nations, including sometimes Israel and Solomon, this is a God that they sacrifice their own children to for the sake of wealth or prosperity in their communities. God makes clear his detestation of such practices. We know that God hates abortion. The cutting off of his handiwork and the ending of human life before the God of life is unbelievably evil and antithetical to who he is and a complete misrepresentation of the holiness and sanctity of our temples and our bodies. We would understand the temple if we, if we studied the first five books of the Bible more, we would understand the temple and see how careful the priests were to guard themselves and the services with detail and sober dignity. Their very lives depended on the sanctity of the spaces where God resided. His presence was dependent on their obedience. And I really wish the believer treated their temples with this regard, because think about the number of times we would say no to things that are wrong for us. I wish I could go back and fix my historic defiling of my own temple, because I know what it did to my soul, and I know how it hurt the presence of God in that space. If we carry the Holy Spirit, guys, are we not subjecting it to horrors and rapes and defilements each time we treat our bodies with abuse? I mean, can we carry the Holy Spirit and force it to be exposed to such treatment for a long time? Scholars have debated this stuff, right? And I I would point to the story of the prodigal son for some of this. When he did decide to return to his father, he did not take the pigsty with him, okay? He left evil behind to head into the light and the freedom of his dad's house. He shed his need for worldly satiation before he went to his father's home. There's a reason food, clothing, sexual behavior, encounters with dead bodies and disease and all the rest are found in the Old Testament. It is because these things are part and parcel of an integrated body and soul system. Ramifications are both physical and spiritual. God did not intend for people to be trapped in their bodies. He doesn't make people that way, right? He did not intend for us to abuse or misuse anything that defiles our bodies, whether it be drugs, sex, or food. There can be no holiness or defilement in more of our existence here than we often realize. Okay, so there can be, you you can choose, as Yeshua puts it, you know, I set before you life and death, choose life. In what you do with your body, you can choose life or you can choose death. We are called to bring heaven to earth. In this calling, whole integration of body, mind, and spirit is required in order to accomplish the fullness of that. The profound result of such care is the opposite of what we are told by those who benefit from dysfunction. And a lot of our society benefits from dysfunction, right? That's just the honest truth. Acceptance of what you are given and careful caretaking does not produce oppression. So when we hear that it's oppressive to tell people that their gender is either male or female, that's not scriptural. God did not make homosexual, heterosexual, and transsexual. He made male and female. Those are what is made in his image. And carefully caretaking those things and accepting those things is not oppression. It's actually freedom because you can move beyond just the basic just a chromosome discussion, you get to move into how 
what destiny does God want you to live out with your life? And believe me, your sexual identity and gender are not the most important features of your destiny. They are likely not. And so obsession with them is more oppression than it is freedom, in my opinion, and from what I see in scripture. Those who exercise, eat God foods, and I, I say God foods are the things that the planet has given us, that the Bible says are food for us, okay? Those are God foods. And you find people who eat whole foods, they eat whole fruits and vegetables and whole proteins and all of that. There's so many health benefits. That's just the science. So, okay, I, we call them God foods. I can't remember where I got that from, but I love it. Um, those who eat those foods get sunshine, sleep on a schedule, avoid drugs, avoid technological addictions, pray and do generous and good works before the Lord. The people that do that stuff, I find to be the healthiest people I've ever met. And I bet you would agree, both in body, mind, and spirit. Study after study shows the bodily calming effects of prayer, the physical benefits of avoiding pork products, the cellular functions of those who get off of drugs, the importance of experiencing sunrises and sunsets, the essential nature of good sleep, the emotional improvement of ending porn addiction, the joint pain reduction from losing weight. I mean, how many spiritual benefits tag along? There's a lot. We cannot possibly all know all of them, but the physical and psychological benefits are very easily observed. If everything is spiritual, which I believe almost everything on the earth has the spiritual reflection, right? Then we know that all these things are reflected in the spiritual realm as well. If not just to say, hey, God, I respect the creativity in my body and what you've given me to use to bless your kingdom. So I will take care of it because it is a temple for your spirit. And I'll observe how careful the priests, the Levitical priests were in caring for the temple because they understood it was a space for your spirit. It's the same thing. The church as a whole needs to get back to an integrated approach to body, mind, and spirit. Yeshua often fed people physical food and healed them of their physical maladies as a part of his ministry. He also asked them to stop sinning. You will find that time and time again. So did the disciples and so did Paul. We cannot avoid addressing physical needs as a part of our spiritual ministries. Heaven is not going to be filled with disembodied humans. We are going to have bodies. The body is not evil. It is made in God's image. It is representative of God's things. And I know I've talked about this before, but I've talked about how the Ten Commandments are right on your hands, that when you look to go do works with these two hands, you have the two ideas of loving God and loving others and the Ten Commandments right there to remind you to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. It's amazing how God designed our bodies to align with his principles. What we do with and to our bodies is what is holy or sinful. The believer is called to a life of freedom in Yeshua, both from addictions and from self-hatred. God loves you. Do not hate what he loves. Call upon the power of the Lord and submit to God's request, and you will find freedom both spiritually and physically. Now listen, that doesn't mean that God's going to heal you from all your sicknesses. Okay, it doesn't mean that you're going to get free from all of your maladies. I'm not saying that you may people do right. And we see miracles happen all the time, but we don't know the mind of God or why he allows things to happen. That's clearly laid out in Job, right? Um, and, and if you want it, pray for it, you know, look for what you need. Don't give up and, and look to what God has given in his planet for healing because he has given things for healing. But God is God. 
and he's going to do what he wills for his purpose. As awful as that is at times, it's also a relief because this life is not all there is. This life is just the one chance you have to walk with him before the day of judgment. This is your one chance. So if you suffer in your body, you're not alone. A lot of people do. And God's will is not that his people suffer, but that he can use the fallen state that we are in to strengthen us and to bless his kingdom. You're not called to fix everything. You are called to do the best with what you have. This is true acceptance. This is true acceptance of what God has given, right? And whatever that is today, you can rest in him and his outcome if you're submitted to him. So that being said, guys, the majority of what I've spoken about in this podcast has covered choices that we can make. And I think these are choices that will absolutely benefit our bodies and our health, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. No doubt, in a culture obsessed with chopping up bodies to bring about happiness, we should love our bodies. That means we don't starve our bodies, we don't mutilate our bodies, we don't destroy our bodies, we don't get our bodies addicted to anything, whether it's drugs or alcohol or food, right? We make choices that are in alignment with God's word and his kingdom. Love the temple. It is God's temple. And love it according to God's definition of love, which he gives us. Treat it with dignity. Protect its sanctified destiny. We are not to be plastic Barbie and Ken dolls. We are neither to be gluttonous and lazy. We're not to be obsessed with man-made gender roles, but we are neither to be genderless or mutilated. We are not to destroy the life that God may put in us, nor are we to mindlessly engage in behaviors that would allow for creation of those lives outside of committed marital union. See, God's way actually provides freedom. And in that freedom, all the blessings of being a human and enjoying a human body can be experienced and can be experienced in a way that is healthy for our mind, body, spirits, and physical position in the world. I really do believe we're supposed to have a glow. And if you could see your glow, what would you do with your body? I think if I could see my glow, I think I would make some changes. I think I would start to understand just how beautiful human life is meant to be. So I hope this has maybe inspired you or encouraged you in a direction that's going to lead you into health for your mind, body, spirit. I know it has me. It's always a good reminder for me to treat my body with that dignity and to not use or abuse or disown or dislike or critique it um, in a way that God has not sanctioned and God would not say. You know, God loves you. That's the true message today. He loves you enough to give you boundaries to protect this incredible creation of a human body that he's given you. And he wants you to be filled with joy and his presence in it. I love you guys. I I hope you've enjoyed this and maybe had some stuff to think about. Um, I know many people often have more questions about the food laws and more Bible verses they want to go study. I love talking about um, any of this stuff that we've 
gone over today. And I'm happy to send you Bible verse after Bible verse to support uh, what I've laid out. Um, so if you do have questions or if you do find some of this kind of a little off-putting, you know, ask. It's worth it. I always find it's worth it to find out what God has actually told me to do versus what I wish he had told me to do. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I've I've thought something was one way and then a teacher comes along and they're like, do you know what this verse is really saying? Look at the context. And then I go back and I go, oh, I had that a little wrong. I actually saw that incorrectly. I need to go make an adjustment. And I'm always blessed by the adjustment, guys. It's never, you know, it's when you want to be obedient to the Lord, it becomes just a blessing to find the next step in that obedience. So please reach out. um, And I hope you all have a great week. I will talk to you soon.